It's the Mermaid Podcast. We've got mermaids on the land and down below. Legs or fins, you will love our show. All the news that makes a splash is on the Mermaid Podcast. You're listening to the Mermaid Podcast, and I'm your host, Laura Von Holt, the fairy boss mother of Cinderly. Hello, mer friends. This is a special crossover episode. I have a very good friend, the acclaimed author, Lindsay Emery, who also hosts a podcast called Women with Books. It's very popular, especially if you like women and books and reading and all the things that go with that. Um, Lindsay is a very good friend of mine, and her, in October, her book, The Royal Runaway, came out, and it is just one of my favorite books maybe ever. I love Lindsay. I love her book. I love her voice. All of it is wonderful, and I have been on her podcast a couple of times um, with some of my books, and then also because when her book came out, I wanted to interview her on her podcast so she didn't have to talk to herself about her own book, and we thought, wouldn't it be fun to have a crossover episode? So the audio that you are about to hear all first appeared on Women With Books, um, and now I'm broadcasting it here on this platform. And so you're going to hear uh, me talk to Lindsay about her book and fangirl a lot. And, of course, this is the Mermaid Podcast, and I couldn't not talk about mermaids. So um, in Lindsay's book, The Royal Runaway, it takes place in a European kingdom that she made up. And because she made up the kingdom and the history of that kingdom, I decided that I could make up some mythology about mermaids for her. So we do talk about mermaids, but mainly we talk about Lindsay's amazing book, The Royal Runaway. Uh, you should check it out. I will put a link to buy it in the show notes. And you can always check out her podcast at womenwithbooks.com. Uh, enjoy. This is two friends talking about stuff they love. going really well already. I know. We're having the best time. <laughs> um, should I be the boss since I'm interviewing you? Yeah, well, because I'm really nervous. Okay. I don't... Okay. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Don't worry. Don't okay. be nervous, Lindsay. I have this. Hello, everyone. Hello, women with books. My name's Laura Von Holt, and I'm taking over women with books today so that I can interview your favorite host, Lindsay Emery. <laughs> that was so pro. That was really good. <laughs> Thanks. So I was thinking that um, I, this is like when, you know, when like Jimmy Fallon has to go on vacation and then like Pink or like some or like The Rock will take over <laughs> for like for like him, like guests hosting. Are you telling me The Rock is about to come on my show? <laughs> I wish I could tell oh. you that. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. No, I'm the celebrity. I'm the oh, celebrity. Oh, you're the celebrity case. guest yeah. host. Yeah, I'm the celebrity guest host. And I'm qualified because I also have a podcast and I've been on this podcast. So, yeah, you are yeah. totally qualified. Totally qualified. That's why I selected you because of your professional yeah. resume. Yes. And also because I was like, guess what, Lindsay? When your book comes out, I'm going to interview you. If you could see my face right now, it is just like, oh. <laughs> So you have a book coming out. Okay, here's my goal of this this podcast interview. Oh, let's hear it. Is that you're Lindsay Emery. You're my friend. I think you're really cool. You do a great job of interviewing other people. And so everyone else that listens to the podcast knows that you're cool, but they don't know how cool you are because you have to talk about other people when they're on your podcast. You can't talk about yourself. 
So my goal for this is to make sure that all of the people listening now have a better idea of how cool you are. And don't get nervous that you're not cool enough. You are. Um, <laughs> okay. So, so, um, all right. First, I want to talk about your book, The Royal One Away. It's coming out in just a few weeks on October, oh, is Ninth. it October 9th? Yes. 9th? Okay, great. So, this book is wonderful, and you're a wonderful writer, and this is very exciting because you haven't had the full length out in a, in a while. So um, everybody, like, gird your loins. You're going to love this book. Um, <laughs> so I feel like you should – I know you've talked about the book on the podcast when you've been interviewing the Fug Girls and, and other people with royal books, but um, will you give your fans just a brief premise of the book? Okay. Yes, <laughs> I will. So um, it starts off uh, in the aftermath of a royal wedding that has been canceled because <laughs> the groom um, has has not shown up. So yeah, that's that was the premise that I started with. Yeah. So there's this royal wedding and the princess is sitting there in her castle and she's like, what? WTF? <laughs> WTF? I've been letting WTF? <laughs> what do I do now? And so, um, you know, she's sent away. They have to like because the publicity and the paparazzi and mm-hmm. the gossip and the rumors, but they really mm-hmm. don't know. And what she's told is, is like he left in the middle of the night and goes back to his estate or something. That's where they all assume, but no one has seen him. And then four months right, later, okay. she's back in the capital and um, of her. Of a country that I made up, you know, I feel... Which we have to talk a lot about because it's really amazing. But it's a a European country. It is a European country, yes. And so she's back in the capital and they're like, okay, now it's time for you to start being, you know, a princess again. And she's, you know, got, understandably, she's got some issues. And she sneaks out of the castle one night and has a, um, she starts, she's she runs into a man, as Mm -hmm. one does. And yes. then she runs into him again and slowly gets drawn into um, a web of um, this man might have secrets to what happened to her um, fian- missing fiance. And, you know, she's kind of like, hell, I'm going to figure out what happened to my missing fiance. And then it just kind of snowballs from there. It's a... So it's a mystery. It has mystery. It has romance. It has adventure. It has suspense. Uh, it has humor and humor and humor. Yeah. It is very funny. Yeah. yeah so okay. I just took everything I liked and smushed it together. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Um, okay, so you kind of nailed it in that you wrote a book about a royal wedding that comes out the year of not one. But two royal weddings. And I believe your book comes out like five days before Eugenie's yes, wedding. Yes, yes. So royal yeah, wedding thank comes you, out Eugenie. on the ninth. And uh, yeah. Princess Eugenie of York. Eugenie of York. <laughs> will be uh, getting married, I believe, that Friday. Okay. So mm-hmm. this is great. Did Now, um... I just had a promo idea. Did you send her a copy of your book, like, not. with best wishes? I, Lindsay... With because be- at the How very does least, one send the- a book to a princess. Oh, you just send you just send it to the castle, or you send it to whatever. I, I forget what which, which house it is because you know, like like Prince Charles is Clarence House. You can send stuff to Kensington for okay. them. So you can totally send something to like her dad as like um about the couple, and then I bet you you will get a thank you note. So this is interesting. I'll have to bring this up with my UK editor because it's being published yes. also in the UK. And okay. um, 
I'll have to see. Maybe they have an in though. Yeah, you can, but you can totally like because you can. Mail they know everyone. Queen. They they all know each other. Yeah, in England, they all know right? each other okay. in England. All, everyone in London, it like has tea with the Queen like every Thursday. Oh, that's so cool. That works. Yeah, that's how that works, Lindsay. <laughs> Don't you know? You wrote a book about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're gonna send some books to the royals. You should send one to Harry and Meghan too. Like uh, they should all just get one. Yeah, I actually. Yeah, I, I think maybe this came up when Harry and Meghan did get married but i didn't have yeah. uh physical copies then so it was gonna oh yeah be... okay so now you now you have physical they don't open up attachments <laughs> right no they do not no no they really don't but if you send a physical gift like it has to get like logged and like an archival thing i know this because when i used to do pinup calendars i sent one to obama and then i got a thank you note and i was like this works <laughs> nice okay okay putting yeah. this on the list yeah. right now yeah. Okay. Great. So, oh, so, so once, so you've already got a starred review in Kirkus, which is huge, but now you're going to get like a royal commendation, probably. <laughs> this is so good. Order, order of the quill. <laughs> order of the quill. <laughs> okay. But so back to the royal wedding. So, I mean, everyone loves a royal wedding, and now it's a year of royal weddings. Um, and I know because I flew to Dallas to watch the royal wedding with you and our friend Alexander Houghton, but you are also a fan of royal weddings yes i am uh, so what when you were creating the premise for the story what was your kind of favorite thing about imagining a royal wedding that doesn't happen um the app well i mean the kind of the aftermath i mean that's that's yeah. what i was focusing on it's like I, I made a couple of mentions in it um about what all the things that would have to be undone um, mm -hmm. I made a comment about, I think, tea towels that had to mysteriously disappear from the shelves and, and all the secretaries and stuff that had to, like, um, what, what you just said, like, write all the notes and, yeah. and undo things. And then I also kind of made a small reference to, like, the political implications. Yes! Um, you know, there's a politician in the book who makes a snide comment about her wedding dress. And yes, she's had to spend, you know, all this money on a wedding dress that wasn't used. And right. she's like, well, it's still in a box. And she, then she realizes she's like, they can't even put this in a museum because the mm -hmm. wedding didn't happen. So like the kind of the waste right. of it all totally um, was what I... Thought about. Because the because there's like so much that happens after like right now there's a documentary and like half the documentary is Meghan Markle showing off her wedding dress and talking about the meaning of it like these become like important historical artifacts yeah and then it's just shoved in the corner I have another question about the like the imaginary politics so the fiance who disappears is is like the ninth Duke of Steading oh very right. good yes right thank you thank you um that's like the only fact I know um <laughs> so what. What I love about your book is that it really does um, match up with the way that European royal families work today, where it's like they're all basically related to Queen Victoria at some point. <laughs> There's like many allusions to the Holy Roman Empire, and I had to keep like, being like, I forgot how the Holy Roman Empire worked. Um, well, actually, can I tell you a secret? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. That's why I put it in, because no one really, oh, really? knows. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, great. Because I was like, I, I feel like somewhere in my like my world history, like every time they talk about the Ottoman Empire and the Holy Roman Empire, I like have to go back and like Wikipedia. No, it, mentioning um, the Holy Ro Roman Empire is like, yeah waving a magic wand or like these oh. are not the droids you're looking for like all i have to do is say that oh, okay. and people be like oh yeah yeah, yeah oh yes yeah, yes yes because yes. no one wants to look like they don't remember what the holy <laughs> roman empire did <laughs> okay. this is good this is good okay but so pro tip so, right there pro tip everybody <laughs> okay so but so the guy she's supposed to marry is like vaguely 
like royal related. Like he's he's good enough to like qualify for like a future queen's husband. Yes. Okay, so that is also like kind of. I mean, it's dramatic because no one can. He's like gone. Like no one sees him. They just assume he's like hiding in shame. Right. But it's also like there's definitely some that was like a faux pas, <laughs> like like diplomacy wise. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. This faux pas to like jilt a future queen. So I was trying to imagine like what would have we have all done if like Kate Middleton didn't show up to marry William or vice versa. Um. Honestly, okay, so there was some gossip. And I'm going to kind of, like, pivot a little bit. Because there was some gossip leading up to the days before Prince Albert and Princess Charlene's wedding of Monaco. (gasps) Okay. And I can't remember what... I I read celebrity gossip blogs, okay? But there was the gossip that perhaps she did not want to go through with it. (sighs) And I'm just saying that yeah. my kind of view on celebrity gossip blogs is that once it gets to like a quote unquote reputable gossip blog site, uh-huh. someone knows something, yeah. right? Even if it's a telephone yeah. game, like some something right. happened to make people talk to get it to, you know, Laney Gossip or, yeah. um, you know, whoever. So... Yeah. And I, maybe that was kind of stuck in the back of my head, like, uh-huh. because also Prince Albert of Monaco kind of has some skeletons in his closet. Oh, okay. You know, he has mm-hmm. some other children um, uh-huh, with other uh-huh. women. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. maybe that kind of sparked something in my head about, you know, if she did not go through with it, you know, and it, you know, well what would be the consequences but i think yeah. i think they'd probably lock her or kate middleton up for a while honestly and, and yeah. in a very like humane way not not like in the tower of london but in a like no like you need like, to sit here and think you're about, like national security risk almost almost i mean you need yeah because you you get so close by the time of the wedding of knowing stuff right and that yeah. and like you need to think about it and we need to control the situation and you guys need to work out your problems yeah. I don't think they would just let them, like, catch a a yacht to Aruba or something. I mean, yeah, it, no. it would be like, you need to figure it out. And that's, I think, yeah. what maybe the underpinning of my story is, is that there was definitely a mystery because it mm-hmm. wasn't, like, uh, Christian, who's the fiancé in the, my yeah. book, he just disappears. And um, yeah. they try and explain it away, and there's so much gossip and stuff. But um, it wasn't like he just had a change of heart. There really was a mystery yeah. to it. Okay. So, and then the, can you, okay. So the, one of the, one of my, you, okay. What, sorry. I love so much about your book. I can't <laughs> even talk. Okay. So, okay. So what's amazing is you have Princess Thea, the one who's jilted at the altar, but she's also like, she's her, the queen, she's the queen's kind of favorite grandchild. And her, and her dad is like a little iffy. You're like, I don't know if he's really going to inherit. So she's really being groomed. And she's left at the altar. She's been go okay. So first of all, you have this like a very intricate royal family that does not exist, which is like one of my favorite parts. And <laughs> and you tie it in really well with like the rest of European history. And I kept like going to Wikipedia to look up more about things you would mention. Really? And then I was like, oh wait, th- no, yes, none of this has happened. I was like, I was like, oh, I really want to read about like Qu- Marie Elsa or something. <laughs> like, Elsa Marie, come on, Elsa Marie. Oh my god, I always mess it up. <laughs> okay, but I need you to pronounce for us the name of your country because there's been some controversy <laughs> amongst our friend group. <laughs> really? Okay. And yes. and this was um, 
kind of dangerous for me because all along I've had pronunciation in my head. But then I didn't say anything because, you know, who really cares and because I want readers to kind of, um, you know, have their own. It's kind of like why you don't want to say, like, what celebrity you picked, you know, or whatever. Because you kind of just, like, that's your experience. You can pronounce this made-up language any way you want. Right. Um, But, and in my editor... One of my editors was very firm. Like, we had a conference call, and someone was like, how do you say this? And one of my editors was like, it's this. And I'm like, "Mm." and I didn't say anything then because, again, who cares? You know, like, it's not really that big of a deal. Until, um, I don't know if I can announce this. Okay, it's a secret. I mean, it hasn't been announced publicly, but I think I can. Um, I think you could say it's a potential. Potential audio book. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I don't think that's a state secret. I feel like most books have them. Okay, so yeah. if there's a potential one, you're safe. Yet, so we all get right. weird. Okay. Um, yeah. But they were asking, you know, they have to know because they're reading yeah. the book aloud. And then I, yeah. even then I kind of had a feeling like, well, maybe I shouldn't say anything because maybe it should just be like however someone interprets it. And my agent was like, no, you get to decide. So I will. <sighs> okay. Dis- okay. I will Tell declare. us the name. This is the definitive version, people. Okay. The, the the word is spelled D-R-I-E-D-E-N, mm-hmm. and it rhymes with Sweden. Okay. So it is the royal family of Dreden. Dreden, yes. Okay. And they speak Dredish. Yes. But they also speak English, a lot of them. <laughs> or at least the princess does, because she's good at lots of languages, because she's a princess. Yes, I believe she says she okay. has four languages. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's a really good – that's my other favorite thing. Being an American, we're just, like, so lazy about, like, not learning very many other languages. And then you travel around the world and they all know their language and English and other many things. And you're like, wow, I have not been putting in the effort to be a global citizen. I mean, Americans just don't put in efforts to be global citizens in general. But, yeah, the language thing. We could really – your princess inspired me to get better languages. Okay, I'll just say that. Yeah. Okay, so we're in the the country of Dreden, which has an elaborate – What did you think it was, by the way? I thought it was Dryden. Yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah, that was Dryden. Okay, so then – so we're so we're in the royal – the country of Dreden, and the island that she has to go away to while she's, like, recovering from being jilted at the altar. So Princess Thea stays for a while at this island. Now, is it Perpetua? Perpetua. Mm-hmm. Perpetua. Okay, great. So – this is a very important island and, like, becomes important later on the plot. We won't spoil it. But it's also, like, a cool island because it's where you send women who can't be controlled. Yes. Um, and that's another one of my favorite things is that you have this elaborate um, history that you invented that's totally fake. But it also is, like, co- a constant character in the book because, like, every time she doesn't know what to do, she's like, well, let's see, in 17 so-and-so, <laughs> like, my ancestor so-and-so did this. So I think I'll go with this option. I'm like, I mean, because I, I love it, number one, for just, like, the fact that you made this very elaborate history. But then number two, like, I feel like sometimes we're like, mm, I don't know what to do, but my grandmother would have done this. And she can go back, like, a thousand years <laughs> to, like, what her ancestors I know. would do if she's stuck. <laughs> I know. She's kind of yeah. interesting. I mean, I, I don't do that personally, but, I mean, Theodora does. And she even does it in a like a fight with her um love you know she's like oh yeah she throws down like her queen's like her queen ancestry i was like Damn, oh yeah girl, it's no. good no it's good and and the one of the beautiful things to watch is like she starts off as this kind of like like 
confused character and she's you know it's like there's this weird thing of like she was jilted at the altar she's been sent away to kind of like you know recover but also so they can do like um damage control without having like a crying bride or something around i think they think she's going to be hysterical then she comes back and it's very overwhelming so she sneaks out of the castle which is just fun to imagine like i think there were some recent photos where someone thought megan markle had snuck out but it was just somebody walking her dog near Kensington Palace. Or was it? Or was it? I know, right? Drama, drama. Um, But it's great to think of, like, that there's this some small, beautiful capital in Europe and the princess can put on a baseball cap and go drink whiskey and then end up, like, meeting a strange man. Well, I did. And even that, though, I had somebody tell me, like, this is, or maybe it was in a review, but, like, this is unrealistic. And I'm like, it's it's not. It's not. It's not, because there are Mm. these smaller countries i mean we're obsessed here in america with the british royal family and i don't even yeah. know that they don't sneak out i mean we there's pictures oh, of harry like, totally sneaks yeah out. and yeah. kate goes you know shopping with her kids or whatever i mean they've, yeah but like sweden and denmark and the netherlands they all have yeah. royal families who are like you know going to work out and right move, like there was just an announcement and that there was one like princess small, who was moving to miami yeah. and so yeah there are smaller countries where people might see a royal with like a discreet security force <laughs> right and and like the city isn't as sprawling as like london and it's very walkable you know like you can kind of easily blend in once you get around the corner from the palace. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so I think, I think it's totally legit. Um, but yeah, so she's, she's a princess with like, um, you know, obviously a large knowledge of her own, her own country's history. Um, but also what I thought was really interesting was to watch um, someone who'd ha- suffered a heartbreak, then kind of question her own heartbreak. Cause she was like, was I marrying out of duty? Was I marrying out of love? She has an opportunity to question what her choices were, but then for to watch a modern princess um, navigate her royal duty is, I think, a really fun arc that's just kind of through it. Of like, how do you watch a modern a modern woman, um, you know, navigate kind of the trappings of royalty, um, but also hold on to her conviction and her duty and and one of I think one of the wonderful parts like there's all this drama of like looking for um her fiance and um you know international intrigue and like running away and um and then kind of like having this romance um but the whole through line is that like you have to remember that her other great love is to her and it's to her country and watching her fight for her country as well as for herself is uh really fun because i think um now i'm just telling you how much i love your no i love it okay great but because because i i personally felt a little bit worried for Meghan markle okay when she got married i was like a little nervous i was like you're an independent woman you've been married before you've had a very successful career in a very tough industry um and like you are have fallen in love and 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 you have you seem to be okay because you like really want to do this charitable work and you understand that it's a great responsibility. Um, but I like I keep feeling a little bit nervous for her because I'm like it's gonna be you gotta find your place. I know I think I'm just I'm probably projecting a lot, but I'm like it must be hard to like find your place to stand to be an independent woman standing for yourself in this like firm you know of a of a family. Um, and so getting to watch a woman define for herself what what her royal duty means um, was was a very delicious part. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I think that that was very character-driven on mm-hmm. Thea's part. Um, you know, like, I knew who she was and 
the choices she would need to make or would yeah. would likely make in those situations. But yeah. I think when I was writing it also, I realized that she could have just as easily made lots of other choices um, yeah. with different consequences. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I look forward to, you know, possibly getting to explore all that one day because I think with as in watching Meghan Markle is it's, it's really, you know, your imagination can tell you where you want to go. I mean, she mm-hmm. can... You know, she yes, she has a framework. Yes, there are traditions. Yes, there are structures. But she has the love of her husband next to her, who's going to support her no matter what. Yeah. And it looks like she has the support of his family as long as mm-hmm. you know she doesn't go too crazy. Right. And um, I don't know. I think she she can just kind of write her own story. That's yeah. poetic. <laughs> I, I love it now i think also what it was co- is cool about the oh, so you've been saying thea and i've been saying thea oh, yeah. i mean that's that's oh. one i'm not gonna like throw down over that okay but i mean no no, no Lindsay, you invented the world i want to get it right so princess thea <laughs> lives in the country of dreden <laughs> okay, so, okay but um but yeah was one of the other fun things about the world building that you did and i want to ask you a lot of questions about it um but having this big history in it is that one of her, you know, you're, you're like solving a mystery and there, there's all sorts of escapades involved in that and all sorts of pressures from different parts of the family for her to do different things. But one of the, one of her strengths that, that ends up like saving her in a lot of situations is this like super nerdy, (laughs) like body of knowledge that she has. Um, And I think when I was reading it, there's, there's a very pivotal plot moment. And I was like, oh my God, you solved this with law and history. (laughs) It wasn't like, it wasn't like forensic science or like anything. It was just like, she had like a particular bit of information. And I was like, this is, it was so rewarding on this like deeply nerdy level. (laughs) Um, But so to that point, can you talk about like, the world building, like how you got the names of things, where you got the idea for a lot of this history, and how you like track it now. <laughs> like, what do you do now that you made this history, and that you have a book, and like there's maybe future projects that involve this world? Like, what what's it like to build that world, and now what do you do to wrangle it? So, um, building it was just like truly plumbing the depths of my creativity. It was just okay. like. I get to a point and be like, oh, let's just come up with something fantastic and let's just do, you know, um, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. I mean, it just kind of all, it, it all worked. And was um, it just kind of like you would need something to, you would just need a reason or you would need a thing. And so you would invent a, a bit of history that sounded like it could work somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and then a lot of it, you know, it's just based on me collecting bits and pieces of historical facts over yeah. the years. Um, and, and I did really like the idea that Thea was going to save herself basically. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, she was a princess. Yes. She was, you know, um, getting involved with spies and treasonous criminal characters and stuff but eventually i mean and there's there's one scene where someone else saves her but eventually Mm -hmm. she has she comes back and like saves the day you know Mm -hmm. um on several occasions and um i I don't know just (laughs) Um, well it's okay so here's my question my next question question. let me think of that no it's fine because i was like i have a better question so you so what are your favorite fake historical moments that you invented i think i i think i have one but i don't know what yours are Oh my gosh. Um, Because there's holidays, there's 
games. There's like, there was even like a sport, a bit of sports history. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. I really liked um, some of the ones that come out when Thea is with Nick. Um, mm-hmm. just because I like his response to him. So like, mm-hmm. she'll come out with something that's like really important to her. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, not so much. Um, <laughs> so like the one about like the famous, um, Dredish, the guy who invented like the first Dredish book. Okay. <laughs> like, yes. The history printing. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's uh-huh. like, yeah, that had already been done. And, um, I was like the Gutenberg Bible. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) and so I kind of like that because it kind of, to (laughs) me just shows like how we all think our own history is like, so, you know, like Mm -hmm. world changing and in a broader scheme of things, it's, you know, okay, that's nice. Your country revolted. Ours did too. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I really liked, um, the one, um, well, of course the, the, the one who was sent away to Perpetua and yes. kind of that history that they send women who can't be controlled away. And, um, like she asked, so there's a, a queen who asked for a divorce instead of giving it to her, they sent her away. And so, um, oh, that makes me angry for her. Yeah, actually. And then, yeah. so I, I thought I had made that up and then I was yeah. just listening to a history podcast the other day and that, mm-hmm. oh, wait, when did I read that? No, no, no. I think it was Rachel Hawkins, sexy history. Oh, I love on Twitter. Twitter, yeah, I do yeah. too. And uh-huh. she's she came up with like George the Third sent her husband sent his wife away when when she um, took a lover and like imprisoned oh. her for twenty two years. Oh I'm my like, god, hey, that sounds familiar. Um, well, that's better than like Henry the Eighth. Yeah, yeah, head, much more so. humane. Yeah, um, totally. And then I think my other favorite one was the one at the end, uh, or when Thea does the showdown. And she talks about her ancestor that um, basically, like, rode out with the Dredish Navy and destroyed the Portuguese and her husband, her yeah. son was, I mean, it was, like, so bloodthirsty and yes. amazing. I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah. What if, what, I mean, mm-hmm. like, how would that change your view of the world? All of us. All of us women. Yeah. If you knew that your great, 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 great grandmother, yeah. like, captained a ship, destroyed the yeah. Portuguese fleet, and yeah, I mean, her kids got killed in the process, but you know. Yeah, but yeah. So it's like Joan of Arc, but like bloodthirsty pirate queen. Yeah. I mean, like, what yeah. would you, how different yeah. would we all see the world if we yeah. knew that history and could claim it? I feel like this is what Beyonce's great, great, great grandchildren will feel like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, what were your favorite parts? Uh-huh. Um, well, so just that there was so much history. I do remember like the Gutenberg Bible moment. Um, I did love the, the idea that there were just like women that had been going to this island and they were probably actually like the coolest and best assets of the country. But because like history has been unkind to women, they've been sent away. Um, but I also, okay, I always mess up her name. Is it Elsa Marie or Marie? Elsa Marie. Queen Elsa Marie. Elsa Marie. So there's Queen Elsa Marie and there's like this festival every year for her birthday, but I'm not sure if it's her real birthday or if it's like the Queen of England where you have like two birthdays it's her real birthday it's her real yeah. birthday okay and like and everybody like dresses the up the are they... way too practical to deal with more than one birthday okay great okay got it the british are like well your birthday's inconvenient and the weather's better so we have two birthdays yes. <laughs> okay okay so the dredish okay, are like so the... suck it up that's your birthday yeah suck it up it's your birthday okay so they have this festival and and everyone dresses up right right in like 1700s clothing yeah they can or they just like take yeah. a long weekend <laughs> okay great so in my mind it's like it's like um 
like in the second season of Outlander or third season when they go to Paris, oh. in my mind, it's like, it's like all like those costumes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like they go out on boats, there's fireworks. It's like a long festival. So I just like that. And I was, I forget why she, why she gets a festival. Well, because it was this, they were contemporaries of uh, Marie Antoinette. Oh, and okay. they uh, saw what was going on in France and they did mm-hmm. not want uh, to have their heads cut off. So oh, um, they decided to um, make it a, a national holiday. Of course, it has to be about them, right? Of course, it has to be right. the Queen's birthday. It can't just be like, people get a holiday. People right. get a holiday because it's the Queen's birthday. And so they did it to, like, make you know, save their heads. And, Got uh, it. But, you know, that's always a popular move. Right. So we'll yeah. give you a, like, time off from work and a party, mm-hmm. and then you won't um, you, topple you us won't from revolt. the throne. Yeah. Cool. That works. Learning, okay. learning. See, it just shows that that royal family yeah. is very, very smart. Yeah, this is. They really understand actually how people work. They're like, if you just give me some time off from work, I'll be fine. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, wait. Oh, wait. So that made me think. Um. There, the current queen is Thea's grandmother, and that's Queen Aurelia. Yes. Okay. See, look, I already know all my Dredish history. I'm like <laughs> so good at Dredish. Oh, but you okay. asked me how I keep track of it all. Yeah, how do you keep track of it all? I really need to do that. <laughs> okay, great. Let's get everybody wants to be an assistant. Lindsay has like a collating project. I, you do. I do need to probably start a Bible just to keep track of it all. Because when I was writing, yeah. I just was like, like I said, I was flowing. I'm diving deep, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. But I think, um, and then I was really scared because, um, you know, when they do copy edits and stuff, and mm-hmm. like the editors and. Um, I'm like, they are going to, if I got the wrong one, they're going to freak out that there's like all this history they can't double check. Because in my other yeah. books, they are double checking my facts Ooh. and figures. Yeah. I can't do it in this book, but they did make a list kind of, of like okay. all of the um, characters. So yeah. I think that would be a good starting point for me to be like, okay, then there's this, this Leopold and Elsa Marie and, you know, this ancestor. And I could probably use that as a starting point for, okay. for a bible well our friend alexis ann wanted to know have you already forgotten how to pronounce your own words no okay great (laughs) i don't think so no no i had to go through them yeah i had to go through them for the audiobook so okay so now you you got it okay um i do remember you were texting i was texting with you telling you how i thought something should be pronounced it was very french um yes yes i did ask for help so i, I contributed <laughs> yeah i was like this is how you say your word Lindsay." <laughs> okay. I, I think i probably went with that yeah <laughs> yeah great okay <laughs> um okay so all right so we've got queen aurelia who's the current queen and that's fun to think about like queen elizabeth or any of the like current monarchs and what it would you know what it would be like to be kind of like groomed by by them but she's also she's i don't want to give anything away but she's kind of a hard ass too mm-hmm. um like she's she, she definitely comes from the line of women who like pirate queen go out and defend their country she's very savvy which is also interesting because like um your book is very feminist because i think we like put princesses in a box and we put like doddering old queens in a box and um you know your queen is definitely aware of everything and making like Machiavellian machinations wherever she needs to. Um, I don't know if I even said that right. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. thank you. Um, so I just want to like give a shout out to her for being like this, like almost terrifying <laughs> queen, even though she's like a sweet grandmother figure. But who we really need to talk about for the people is Nick. Oh. <laughs> so let's go. Let's go back to 
grumpy Scottish investigating Nick. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so he's a little grumpy, <laughs> um, but he's sweet. He's sweet. Like, don't get me wrong. He's super sweet. Um, and so he reminds me of kind of, I know you have some favorite grumpy cops. Mm-hmm. Um, so who are your favorite grumpy cops? <laughs> <laughs> I think um, the first one that pops to my mind is, um, so in Stranger Things, yeah, uh, Hopper yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, is yeah. um, kind of my current favorite. But he's not as he's just kind of gruff, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of an archetype that keeps popping up in my books. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ty Hatfield in my Sorority Sisters Mysteries was was a very uh, taciturn cop too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. It's just an archetype that I think is is fun to play off with with an intrepid yeah. heroine. And totally. um, who keeps getting in trouble and then having somebody who's like has to keep plucking her out, but also kind of wants to kiss her. I mean, that's totally that's, just a f- that's always exciting. Yeah. You know, that tension is always good. Yeah. yeah. For and for her to like constantly be spouting history and he's like, hold on, let me call it my backup of like men who can scale buildings yeah. and then we'll actually solve this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, hold on. And she's like, no, 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 I can solve this with historical figures. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 I've got this. <laughs> Yeah, and he's just kind of, like, rolling his eyes yeah. and being like, um, okay, I have a gun. Like, do we yeah. want to stop and talk about kings, or do we want to yeah. shoot people? Yeah, she's like, mm, both. <laughs> but I think also, for me, one of my favorite types, like, one of my favorite things about having, when you have a hero who is, like, a very competent um, security professional, is that um, part of the way that, like, their part of their love language is kind of, like, securing their Mm-hmm. their person yeah um so it is like I, I get all swoony when he like makes sure her security is all good but then i also like that there's a tension of like an independent woman being like that's great that like i'm secure but also you can't hold me down <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um i well i take a, a lot of i read um like urban fantasy like alona andrews mm-hmm. and there's yeah. that i I get a lot of inspiration from those books because it's very similar. Like the woman yeah. is powerful. She can handle herself, but mm-hmm. the, the hero still wants to go like lock her in a tower. Yeah. And so, you know, and sometimes, you know, he'll be justified in doing that. I mean, yeah. there, there are stories where that could be justified, but I, I like the tension of those two things. And also like, okay, well, how do we work how can we get on the battlefield at the same time and work together? Mm-hmm. Um, that to me yeah. is also very feminist. Like she's yeah. feminist and he's feminist in that he's like, all right, I'm recognizing your strengths. I'm recognizing mm-hmm. your agency. Um, I'll let you come along with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we're going to do yeah. this together. I mean, ultimately yeah. <laughs> they're, they're going to do it together. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. No, it's definitely very satisfying. Plus like, he's just very, He's very spoony. He can really get into places. What's great too is that she's <laughs> good at sneaking she out. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's what she said. I mean, they do, they do. Um, so, but no, it's great because he's like really into like locking it down and making sure there's no like fight risk. And her favorite thing to do is like sneak out and be among the people. <laughs> so it's also like, yeah, there's like, a conflict there, just, right? Yeah, it's a conflict there. It's, yeah. but it's also he's like, like yeah, please stand delicious. behind these gates, and she's like, I would prefer not to. So. <laughs> yeah, not really going to. <laughs> Um, but that also is like, I mean, that's why it's called the Royal Runaways that we've got a princess who does like to like sneak out and does go on, um, 
own adventure but there is also like the so just coming back so it's super fun we've got a, a gr- this like grumpy scottish cop and just you know imagining his voice is always a thrill for me mm. um <laughs> i'm sure for other people it will be too um and this um you know intrepid princess but they are also trying to solve like a very legit international intrigue in that like there's this um you know first of all it's like you know just because he left with alter doesn't mean she doesn't care what happened to him so like what happened to her fiance? And then what are the implications internationally? And it turns out there is, of course, a bunch of intrigue around. Um, it's not just like he left her at the, you know, I mean, it seems at first like he left her at the altar just for some vague emotional reason. And, and but when you really think about it, like no one would leave a princess at the altar without like a couple other reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very cool to see them like work out what like kind of go back because they sent her away she like has lost time mm. but also means so it means that things have been able to be covered up so then she they kind of have to like retrace what happened while she was gone in order to figure out um where her fiance is mm-hmm. yeah you are correct yeah so that's good i think you sent me some early um language when the f- book was first being announced that this book has dead bodies and kissing and i was like that's everything anyone needs to know. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where as I keep going on in my writing career, um, I realize that those two things will always spur a story on. Yeah. Um, totally. If you get stuck, here's my second pro tip of the day. If you get okay, stuck writing tip, a book, mm-hmm. have someone kiss or have there be a yeah. dead body. And then, you know, both of those kind of change the, the trajectory of someone's life. Um, oh, yeah. But... Or maybe that's just me. Maybe I just no, no, I just no, like I you're mixing right. this is, this all is of it together. This is solid advice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or if they like kiss and then find a dead, like yeah, it's really good. Yeah, There's, but don't kiss yeah. the dead body. No, don't. I do haven't that. gotten to that point yet. But you never <laughs> yeah, know. That, that would be really jumping the shark. <laughs> <laughs> under my other pen name, <laughs> yeah, under the pen name, I just kiss dead bodies. <laughs> no. Um. Um. All right, so yeah, I don't want to give stuff away, but there is a lot of mystery and suspense. It is always fun, I think, to watch people, two very smart people, um, develop feelings while also um, having to like rely heavily on their intellect. <laughs> like, is is satisfying, um, and also then it means that they're in like close quarters where they're not supposed to be in close quarters. Mm. I uh, try very hard to get them in close quarters as yeah. often as possible. Obviously. Um, so you, and, and you, you, every, I think everything that I've ever read from you has some mystery or suspense element. Yeah. Plus kissing. So what, what's your, do you have any like big influences for that? Or what's your favorite thing about writing that? Or, you know, I'm, I've been trying to work through that because I've, Mm -hmm. I've kind of been taking some writing course this summer and, Mm -hmm. and, um. It's always kind of me trying to figure out where I fit. And like mm-hmm. some people go, what do you write? I'm like, um, yeah, write these, these books with kissing and dead bodies. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to like figure out um, a lot of my influences are, like I said, I think urban fantasy is, mm-hmm. is a big, uh, that's what I've read for a long time. I think vampire stories are kind of that. Um, there's mm-hmm. an element of danger. There's an element of romance. There's an element of like bigger than life. Um, so, I mean, I've read those for, I don't even know how long. Um, and then I think also I did a blog post recently on, um, romantic adventure movies and it was when I was kind of doing this like deep introspection about Mm -hmm. who I am as a writer. Um, uh but I kind of started thinking about, okay, well, what kind of movies 
have I really enjoyed in my life? What what movies yeah. really impacted me? And I realized there was a lot there. Um, um, Thomas Crown Affair, um, Romancing the Stone, Princess Bride. Oh my God, Romancing, Romancing the, the Stone, Stone and the Princess Bride. Oh my God, Romancing the Stone. I feel like. Romancing the Stone and um, She Devil are like the two reasons why I wanted to be a writer. Okay, is because I wanted to like have the same like adventure and like cry over my books in my New York City apartment like Joan Wilder. Yes. But then Meryl Streep has like the really amazing like all pink outfits and the like. Whenever she's writing, you know, it's like it's the really cliche like cheesy bits. And I was like, that sounds amazing. Like all I want to do is like pick words for nub and then wear pink and then like go to South America and rescue some jewels. <laughs> it's like clearly, if you're a writer, this is your life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, these are these are formative movies you're talking about, right? And so, <laughs> yeah. I, um, charade with Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn, um, kind of the same thing. Lots of switching sides and spies yes. and missing husbands, and I mean, I think that really kind of when I when I pinpointed that one, I was like, oh, that had a big influence on me. Um, yeah, I love the Mummy. Um, oh my gosh, Brenda Fraser. Yeah. Oh. That one, yeah, because that again, I started, I pinpointed that I was like, oh, that's a big influence on this book too, because yeah. it's the, um, the bookish heroine who's like, no, mm-hmm. wait, let me let me look up this ancient Egyptian scroll, and the guy's like, dude, the mummies, and like has to like whip her, you yeah. know, into his arms. Um, so yeah, I just I love that mix, you know, that um, like we're gonna kiss and then we're gonna have to save the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, this is great. I, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that at all. I think clearly you're in. I don't you're know. In for it. <laughs> I'm into. I'm in for it. I'm also don't see why you would have to pick between like suspense or kissing. Like, I think kissing and dead bodies is like clearly the answer to everything. Um, but I think I would say romantic adventure definitely fits your style better than romantic suspense. Right. Yeah. Um. I well, I don't know. Um. You know, Alexis Ann, one of our friends. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a talk. I think on a podcast when she was on the podcast mm-hmm. about how we both do like spy movies and spy thrillers, mm-hmm. but, and the guys get girls in those mm-hmm. books and movies, but you don't really ever see that. It's like kind of just a notch on their bedpost or, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's kind of used to like prove how manly they are. Like, totally. Oh, it's you like James, part of their virility. Yeah. Right. I mean, James Bond yeah. is sad when people, his girlfriends die. Cause they always yeah. do. But it's yeah. not like you're not really seeing that relationship in conjunction right. with the rest of the story. And right. so when she said that, I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm kind of intrigued with that possibility of writing. The, like, I'm watching Jack Ryan right now on Amazon mm-hmm. with my husband. And I'm kind of like, oh. I would really like it for his epidemiologist girlfriend to come with him. Yeah. And she, you know, like they're fighting something and they're working. She's using medical knowledge and he's using CIA analysts. I'm like, now I have to write a fanfic about that. (laughs) Well, I I think I'm just thinking this podcast is called Women with Books. So obviously we are pro-women on this podcast. Um, And one thing about having adventure with romance is that I've noticed with your heroines is that it really gives the women... Um, an opportunity to, you know, prove their mettle, but also kind of expands their worldview and their view of themselves. Like, 
with Princess Thea, even though she's been jilted at the altar and it's like horribly embarrassing and totally confusing and she's like, I don't know what to do with my life, but it gives her an opportunity to reconsider everything that actually matters to her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. like, did she want that big fluffy white wedding dress, royal wedding stuff, you know, like, or does she really care about being a leader? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've seen that in and what, other what parts kind of, of work person too. does she want as a partner? Right, exactly. And what partner actually makes sense for her. Exactly. Which you're like, that's actually a hugely important question. It's not just like, do they have the right pedigree? But like, as a modern ruler, who's going to make sense for you and what your role in the world is? And also, it's a really good consideration of what the changing role of a royal person is Mm -hmm. in the modern era. Like, they really have to be, it's not just like, I throw a festival so you don't revolt. It's like, they really have to be um, advocates for their country and their culture. And they have to really be even more so, I think, working on behalf of the people just as much as a government official. Right. And I couldn't ignore, you know, those modern realities. I mean, yeah. I had to say, like, there's talk about whether the country should be a republic or not, whether they mm-hmm. should do away with the monarchy. I mean, I think in mm-hmm. any um, thoughtful person's world that mm-hmm. that's going to come up. Um, yeah. And, you know, and that's why going back to what I talked about, like the waste of a, a a royal wedding. And she even goes mm-hmm. back and forth. She's like, yeah, it took a lot of money to throw that, but how many tour- tourists do we bring in? Right. You know, so there's, there's all of that, that, um, that I throw in, but I mean, it wasn't like conscious. Like I'm not trying to like write like a thought piece on. Right. Right. <laughs> royal monarchy. Like, I was just yeah. trying to like do yeah. my best to be like, okay, I'm recognizing that this is complex and this is what all the yeah. stuff that they is considering too. Like this is, who I am and I can't walk away from it, but neither can I ignore that. It's not really like a 21st century gig. Yeah, totally. Okay. So I want to switch a little bit to the mystical now because we talked about the practical realities, the royalty, but one of the Mm. fun things in the book is that you have um, a court astrologer (laughs) who becomes very integral to like many mysteries, which is really fun in a, like a Rasputin type of way. Um, um, but so Sybil is a court astrologer who I think was very integral to Thea's mother. Yes. Right. Okay. So, and she, she becomes kind of an ally in a lot of their, um, adventures. Um, so it was very cool to have like that mystical element. And I liked it because knowing you personally, I know that we both like tarot cards and we use them a lot in our creative process. Yes. Um, so I wanted to know, like when you were writing the book, were you, was like tarot or astrology, like, were you consulting anything for yourself and then <sighs> did it dictate anything that happened in the book or was it just like a fun element to play with? I think it was just, I'm trying to remember. Um, I think it was just a fun element to play with. Um, I just had this image of, of Sybil and, Mm -hmm. and, and like how, I don't really, that's interesting that you bring that up. I don't really remember how Sybil came about. Um, but obviously she came from my subconscious somewhere. And at the very end, you know, I, I did have to do some research because um, actually the, t- the conversation she has about um, a character's astrology, mm-hmm. that is, I think, accurate-ish. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> accurate. I mean, it's it's close. I mean, because I really, yeah. I had put something in there and I think when I was editing, I was like, I want to see, make sure that this is um, right. So I did kind of construct, I think I did. <laughs> You did like a birth chart for someone? I didn't do a birth chart. <laughs> okay. I looked up um oh my gosh. I looked up something like what are the most common signs for serial killers or something? 
Oh, really? Oh my god, that's fascinating. Like, is there? Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, like, and so I which think, uh, which zodiac sign because, is like yeah. has the most serial killers? Because well, astrologists have done like Hitler's and like yeah. all these other things. So I think I went yeah. through some of those and I picked ones from each of them. I was like, like, so this guy's a Leo, and then this guy has like Sag, right? I mean, I don't, I don't remember yeah. what it was, but I kind of right, like but you looked it up. I, yeah. I kind of looked it up and was like, yeah. okay. Um, if you're a sociopath, you might have this symbol and you might mm. have this moon or, I mean, I forget mm. what I wrote, but, um, but yeah, I did do some of that research. And then at the very end, there's a mention of a, of a tarot card. Yeah. And, um, I actually got that inspiration because I, I do Pinterest boards for all of my books mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, um, I really do use them as a tool while I'm writing. I mean, I do it at the beginning and then as I write, I kind of, um, pull in other things and I, I, I make it so that if I'm trying to get in the mood for writing, I just have to open up a Pinterest board and get sunk into it really quickly. Usually. And so I think I did a search on Pinterest for like Queens or something. Mm -hmm. And I got a pin for a queen of swords card. Ooh, okay. And I put that on my board, and I'm not even sure I knew where it was going to fit in. Mm-hmm. But um, so that queen of, and I'll put this. This is interesting. I'll I'll put some of these up on my blog or something. You should, because um, I want to know that. Because then yeah. I describe that Queen of Swords card at the end of the book when it comes into play. But yeah, um, yeah that's well, interesting. I also liked it because like I feel like the idea of a court astrologer feels very like you know pre. Um, like scientific method. <laughs> um, and so it seems just full of like, you know, what people would consult just to make themselves feel better about some big international choice. But what I like about the role of the court astrologer in this is that you realize um, what an intimate knowledge they have of the um, royal family, not just because they've like done all their charts and are like, this is, you know, what the stars influences on you, but also that they have like heard some of their biggest problems and worries. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have almost like a therapeutic role. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So I just, I liked seeing that recast. It's not just like I'm coming in my turban to like tell you not to invade France. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, I've actually like legit been here through like all of your marital, marital difficulties. I've been here through the birth of your children. I've like forecast what their lives will be. Because I am an intimate of you and because I care about the family as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just interesting. But also this is mystical. So I just, I always have to get into mermaids because my podcast is the mermaid podcast. And you write mermaids and, as Madame and I write mermaids. de Boudoir. Yes. As you'll recognize from season one of the Women with Books podcast. <laughs> um, so, and one of my favorite things about having so many writer friends is that when I read their books, I'll, they'll mention something and then I'm like, oh, a mermaid could totally go there. <laughs> so <laughs> Julia Kelly has some cave in her upcoming book, The Light Over London, that like I'm claimed. <laughs> like I've, like, I just want to, it's like, I want to hang out with you so much in real life that I have also have to, like, write myself into your worlds so that I can, like, hang out with you in my imagination as well. <laughs> so, so just for, I'm going to be reposting this on my podcast. So for your listeners and mine, I did have a mermaid idea for you okay. because I was like, the only thing that's really missing from all of your world building is we have all this history, but we don't have as much mythology. 
Yeah. So I was like, oh, it's okay, Lindsay. I thought of it for you. Okay. Let me, you know what? I just got an idea <laughs> yeah. too. So you tell me okay. your idea and then I'll tell you mine. Okay. So they might be the same ones. This, well, this is my same idea. And like, you know, maybe at some point if we get it together, we could like co-write a like bonus mythology scene from like a history book. So my idea is like, because the island of Perpetua is just so interesting as far as like having like women, but also it's an island with like craggy shores. And like, I think you just scale rocky cliffs at some point. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So it's, I totally think there's like some like mermaid sailor legend. Maybe it relates to like the pirate queen and the Portuguese or something. Um, but I totally think there's some like mermaid legend, legend off the island of Perpetua. And like, I could almost imagine like a queen who's locked up there for like years, like, you know, thinks she sees mermaids and then becomes like a mermaid scholar or like, or there's something where like, um, you know, the, the sailors like in the maritime industry, um, wh- whatever their view of mermaids is would be important. I feel like they're very practical because sometimes Sometimes mermaid legends are for sailors are like, it's a bad omen, you know, they're going to lure you to your death. But the Dredish seems so practical to me that they would have a very much like, oh, if there's a mermaid, there must be fish around because she's also hunting. Mm, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it would just be like a very practical mythology. Yeah, they're not going to be too um, worked up about it. Be like, oh, yeah, storm's no. coming, mermaids are coming yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like... Yeah, no, I was thinking too, it would have, um, any mermaid story would have to be around, um, Perpetua. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, one of the things I've explained in the book is that Perpetua was founded um, during the Holy Roman Empire. It was a convent. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, you could even go back that far. Like nuns, nuns, nuns who are on this island. For what, why are you putting nuns on islands? What are they doing there? They're, yeah, what are they doing? What are they doing on islands? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. They're, they're looking after, um, re- you know, misbehaving princesses is probably what they're yeah. doing yeah, who are sent there. But um, maybe they're also working with mermaids. They totally are. Or maybe some of them are like part mermaid. Like yeah. they just kind of go back and forth. Can I tell know? you a secret about Perpetua that's not in anything yet? Yes. Okay. Oh my God. Exclusive to the podcast. What's the secret? <laughs> it's not really that big a deal. Okay. But I, have, I know there, I think I might mention it. Maybe. There are hot springs under Perpetua. <gasps> okay. With, like, caverns. And I have, like, this scene I want to put in Under Perpetua, but I have not been able to figure out how to write it yet. Yeah. Because um, I'm not the type of person, well, I am, but I can't figure out how to, like, get some people underneath the island to make out. But anyway, okay. but that is going to happen one of these days. So that's, like, either a sneak peek into my um, brain or we'll yeah. use that in our story. Yeah, totally. Oh, there's like caverns. Are they? Are there any like ocean entryways? Or are they just like underground caverns? Like when people go like spelunking, what's it called? When people go like yeah, I think but you diving. can go there on the beach. I mean, yeah. it's basically okay. like where Wonder Woman and yeah. what's his face like he yeah, gets out of the totally. tub. Yeah, that's basically yeah. my okay. Great. My idea. Yeah, got it, got it, got it. So there's like some entryway from land, but also there could be like a crag, like a crack in a rock kind yeah, of thing yeah, where like yeah. like if your boat like got thrown up against it. You could go in there and, yeah. And then you find yourself in a mermaid harem or something. I don't even know. Oh, totally. (laughs) I mean, or, like, there could be, like, troll. Like, there's a lot of legends you could go. So Mm -hmm. I think this is great. I definitely feel like um, if at any point you get stuck and you don't have a dead body or kissing, I would just recommend going full mythology. Going into the mermaid. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's just, you know, for book two or three. Which, speaking of which, I don't know if you can talk about, but, like, are we hoping for more in this world? 
Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's a loaded yes. <laughs> Without announcements. <laughs> I know. I need to I figure out where we are on all that. But okay. um, yes. Is okay, what so, I, a yes. lot of readers who and bloggers who have already read the book have reached out to mm-hmm. me about this. And um, I think I like people said something like, is it too home? Too much to ask? I'm like, no. Oh, no, it's not too much to ask. It's not too much yeah. to ask. But, okay. of course, the best way of making sure you get more Perpetua and Dreden is to uh, tell your friends to buy the book. <laughs> tell your friends to buy the book and leave Amazon reviews clamoring for book, too. Yes, yes, that would be yeah, good, too. That would be good, I think. Or just email your publisher directly as well. Um, <laughs> Her email is. No. Her email is. <laughs> right, okay. Um, okay, so I feel like... What we should move on to, I wanted to talk to you about planners because we both really like planners and it's just a f- one of my favorite things about you is how good you are okay. at planners. Um, but I have it I don't, right next to me right now. Yeah, great. So I just need everyone else to know that listens to this that, that Lindsay and I both love planners and we can talk to you about them all the time. Sure. So like if you guys like planners, send us pictures of your planners. Uh, I feel like Princess Day is definitely has a planner and I would like to see her planner. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I wanna know what her planner is. Really into it. I don't know if she's like a Bujo girl or if she's got like washi tape. Like I don't know what her preferences are. Well but you know, she's she got a lot going on. As an assistant. Oh that's true. Do they have a planner? Loose and I did kind of briefly I think I mentioned is like a throwaway like it's yeah. a leather bound book Lucy has uh-huh. with a fountain uh-huh. uh, fountain pen fountain mm-hmm. tip I don't even know. yeah and um, yeah but I think that as Thea um, comes more into her own she will definitely be taking on a lot of her own um, planning like mm-hmm. she she has mm-hmm. she has Lucy who is her assistant and. That's really important to her. But, you know, she's also um, she's also had a job. She's mm-hmm. been to university. She knows, you know, she's done it before. Um, but then I think when she, like, settled into, like, princess mode, she might have handed it off a little bit. But oh. she's definitely going to be, like, taking charge and starting, to, you know, to write her own journals and stuff, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Okay, so I should probably also ask you, is there anything that you're reading currently that you want to recommend to your listeners? Oh, my gosh. Oh. Did you not prepare? Did I I spring this on you? Oh my God, Lindsay, I'm so sorry. No, this is like what, um... This is what other people feel like. Yes. Why do I do this? Why do I do this to people? I'm sorry to all my guests. Do you want me to talk about what I read? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, great. I will because I... Okay, so I will tell you, um... I listened to your interview with Penny Reed and my also my little sister, shout out to Melly. She loves Penny Reed too. And I finally got into the Winston Brothers series. So I just read book one a little while ago, which I loved. And then I just read this past week book two, um, which is the one with Jethro, the ranger mm-hmm. and, and, um, and oh my God, what's her name? Sienna, the movie star, comedian, actress, writer. Um, and I like laughed and like highlighted lines and good. it's so good. Um, so I definitely recommend that one. And then, so then this other book was floating around on um, Twitter by Charlotte Stein and it's called I think Never Sweeter and I was I saw the the premise for it and I was like because it says something about a girl and her um childhood her high school bully and I was like oh I don't I don't know and but then everyone on Twitter was like no trust us it's not what you think and I read it like and I read it I again I, I'm a night owl but I stayed up until 4 a.m on Saturday night 
reading this book because I couldn't put it down. Um, and it's like so emotional. Um, it's a it's a girl who had this guy who like teased her a lot. Um, and there's one very traumatic incident. Um, and they end up at the same college and they're paired on a film project. And like, and the thing that's beautiful about it is like, you think that he's like an enormous jerk and he, um, but he does the, the whole book is him like groveling and him coming in, like telling her how much he realized what a jerk he was. And you kind of never get that in real life. Like a guy actually being like, everything I've done was wrong. It's totally my own fault. And you, ha you need to, you don't need to play any part in my redemption. I have to figure it out for myself. So you get this like kind of like amazingly romantic um, speeches from him as he's like, trying to constantly apologize for what he did. Um, and then it turns into this like beautiful college romance, which made me be like, I'm sorry that I went to a school. I went to Sarah Lawrence College, which is like all women or 75% women. And it made me be like, I so regret that I like didn't have more men at school because like <laughs> they're, they're like making out in her dorm room, watching Dirty Dance. Like he loves Dirty Dancing. Like once he said he loved Dirty Dancing, I was like, there might be hope for this character. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I loved it. Um, and and it's just so emotional and like and charlotte stein just does such a wonderful job of writing the intricacies of like especially like you know early 20s like emotions and like your your first big relationship but also like you know gripping coming to grips with like the the stuff that we deal with in high school and the people that we are in high school and how we get to change when we are finally out of that environment and get to be our own people. Um, but watching the two of them navigate like their past and watching um like in this current culture, watching a man actually come to grips with what he's done was like so healing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I I like, it yeah. It was like, Oh, that's what it sounds like when someone takes accountability. <laughs> so for that reason, I loved it. Plus like Charlotte Stein, I think Damon Swade gave some props to her on your podcast about the way she writes sex scenes and they are like i mean i think i'm gonna buy the hard copy so i can highlight it as like a master class oh yeah <laughs> yeah so those two i read recently i also read um tessa dare's um do you want to start a scandal and which was just uh, always delightful because tessa dare is always delightful um and then i read hold on i'm just checking my goodreads because there's one more that i was like wait i know i want to talk about this um i read something oh my god what was it it was oh man it was really good <laughs> well uh, i'm looking well, at my say. no i'm looking at yeah, my look at yours kindle so here's the deal though about me and i've kind of yeah. talked about it before um is that i read a lot and then i um don't sometimes yes <laughs> but what's happening what's happened a lot this summer and what's mm -hmm. happening now with regards to fiction is that mm -hmm. I have like a bunch of books I'm like halfway done with because I will start one and totally. then I because I do the podcast I also like mm -hmm. to read my guest books so I go back and forth a lot and if that's right one of my main um not regrets but I I wish I need to get that into place somehow. yeah because I I do I love reading I love immersing myself in a book but doing the podcast too I'm I'm kind of a little um, jumping around but yeah. Um, especially with fiction. And then with fiction too, is I'm really careful about, um, when I'm, when I'm writing and reading fiction. Yeah. That's um, funny. and I, I can't really even say, it's not that I can't do it, but I, I just, especially if I'm reading someone with like a really strong voice or something, I, I kind of back away from it. But I did recently, um, finish the Kate Daniel series by Alona Andrews. Ooh. Uh-huh. Always good. So, uh, Magic Triumphs was, um, I mean, 
awesome because everything they write is, but I think it, for me, it's also frustrating because you can, there's going to be, there's going to be more books in this series. Oh. And so not in the Kate Daniel series, they're like spinoffs. Yeah. So yeah. it just made me want those more. So it's frustrating yeah. in that I'm like, I see it. I just like it's it. I want more. Totally. Um, but, oh, I just finished a couple of really good non-fictions, though. Um, oh, what is it? Who Thought This Was a Good Idea by Alyssa Mastro Monaco, I believe. Okay. Um, it's really adorable. It is a memoir of um, oh, President Obama's deputy chief of staff. I forget oh, exactly yes, what her title is. I heard of is. this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's a it's a memoir and it's supposed to be more for like a late teen college age kid, but mm-hmm. of course I loved it. Um because she's like my exact age, so all of her memories about 80s and 90s, you know. Like yes. All of her references about like being in college and being in flannel and stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I get that. Um I would have loved this book as a college student or a high school student who was interested mm-hmm. in government, who was interested in political science, um, because it's the story of a girl who worked her way up and and became hugely influential in a administration in a country, and um, wow. and she's just really really it's written in a very accessible, uh, interesting yeah. way. So I really yeah. enjoyed that, and I'm probably going to recommend it to a lot of my friends who's daughters might be a little bit older too because it's a good good book for them and then i also finished um i'm going through like a phase maybe it's because of all the politics i've been watching <laughs> but I'm, I'm i've got like a whole stack of um white house washington books um and not any of the ones that are just coming out yeah. like i'm going back a few years <laughs> for whatever reason um i just finished um i think it was called first First Wives, First Ladies, okay. First Women, okay. First Women um, yeah. by, um, I can't see it. Anyway, it's a um, nonfiction about, oh, First Women by Kate Brower Anderson, The Grace and Power. Um, anyway, and she, it's kind of um, Kate Anderson Brower. And um, she's written a couple books kind of about the inside stories of the White House. So she has this one and I have her other one too I'm going to read. Um because I'd really love to write a story about the West Wing or Ooh, East Wing one day. Yeah. And so many kissing and dead bodies. <laughs> so many kissing and dead bodies. But I'm really afraid that if I did it right now, people would be like, satire or she hates, you know, the country right, or something. Right. I, I don't know that the time is right. Gotta pick your moment. Gotta Either the time moment. is perfect or the time <laughs> is really wrong. I mean, right. it's one of those two things for the world to have a Lindsay Emery White well, House if you start, if you start writing it now, it will come out. Like true later, and then also the other thing that I think that we have learned in the in the past like two years is that normally when you would write a book, someone would be like, "That's preposterous. That could never happen." And that actually rule is dead now <laughs> for fiction. I think if you're writing about the, the White House because everything preposterous has happened so quickly, well, and that's <laughs> that, the thing is that every yeah. time I go, you know, Lindsay, it's not really the time to be. Um, to be writing a story about the mm-hmm. White House and mysteries and people kissing there. Then I think, well, when I wrote The Royal Runaway in 2016, I didn't uh-huh. know that there were going to be two royal yeah, weddings when know. it came out. So know. what yeah. if I go ahead and write that book and and 
somehow get people to say yes to it. <laughs> yeah. And then by the time it comes out, like we have a totally new situation and everyone is hungry for a White House mm-hmm. romance. Yeah. I mean, Lindsay, <laughs> I just I just think that you're I think like the astrologer, you are subconsciously forecasting things. So I feel like you should just, you know, I would like to see what you do with if that. If my agent is listening right now, her head just exploded. I know, totally. Um, just just set it in a fictional country. Just set it in a fictional country. Lindsay, solved it. No problem. In Canada. In fictional Kanashdia. There is a president. There is a president. I love it. Yes. You heard it here. It's, it has heard nothing it here. to do with the United States of America. If you want this, Lindsay to write this book, please tweet her at Lindsay Emery. <laughs> or go to her website. Um, all right. I feel like we need to wrap up. I know you usually do a lightning round, but... But did you say you had questions from people? Did we already answer all those? We answered all of oh, them, actually, okay. because we all have the same questions. So okay. I just kind of covered it's like, them please tell her how do you pronounce these things. Yeah. Basically, it was pronouncing <laughs> those things. How do you keep track of your world? Let's talk about grumpy cops. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Those were... Um, those were those are all the questions. Uh, let's see if I can. Maybe I can do your lightning round from memory. Um, milk or dark chocolate? Dark. Ooh. Um, arms or abs or chiseled jaw? <laughs> I like them to have arms. <laughs> forearms. I think. I think forearms. Forearms are the best part of the arms. Okay. Which wedding would you rather go to, Meghan Markle's or Princess Eugenie's? <gasps> Well, I mean, Meghan Markle's has already passed. And I, know, but I, I always have a soft spot for any children of um, Sarah, Duchess of York. I mean, because she, I mean, she's going to be the most amazing mother of the bride. I feel like the the thing about Meghan Markle and Harry's wedding is like we there was this huge hole left by Diana. And you're going to get the opposite at Eugenie's wedding where you're going to have like, like, give no farts mm-hmm. Sarah Ferguson. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she's the one you would want to sit next to and be like, all right, girl, tell me what's up. Yeah. And she'd be like, oh, let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you. Um, you. Then there's the thing where it's like, oh, if you're going to buy a book, is there a beach chair or apps? Which one do you you buy? Oh, lately it's probably been more of the beach books. Okay. Yeah. And then, oh, wait, there's one more question. Oh, do you turn to the back of the book first or no? No. No. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. Do you like how I listen to you so much that I just know those? That's questions? pretty good. Yeah, thank It'll you. be really I interesting don't... to see yeah. if other people who are listening are like, no, I know those. <laughs> if you were screaming at Laura during that and want to correct her, yeah. go to her Instagram or Twitter. Are you Laura Von Holt there? I'm Laura Von Holt on Instagram and Von Hottie on Twitter. Yeah, and tell her yeah. she... I messed up the lightning round. I did not prepare (laughs) adequately as, as, as your celebrity stand in. I did not prepare adequately and there's no producer to tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, Lindsay, I think this has been a great, I'm just commend myself and you. What a great interview. You did a fantastic (laughs) job. Those are really good questions. Thank you. It's very interesting to talk about my book, um, in a deep dive. Oh yeah. Um, with someone who hasn't read it six times. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've read it once. I, I'm assuming yeah. just once. Maybe you've uh, one and a half, okay. I think. And then, yeah. I mean, because the other only other people I can really talk to about it are like my agent and editors, yeah. and they have all read it six times. So we totally we talk about it on different, different level. <laughs> different yeah. Level. But um, it was really interesting to do that, and and it was hard to not give spoilers away. 
And it is I hard think because we were it's a good about book. that. I think so. I think so. I think we talked around it um, because I could and tell, then, like a couple times, we were about to go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's really important. Really, I can only talk about like the first third of the book, and then a couple stuff in the middle. <laughs> and right, it. and then uh, um, there's a lot more. God, you gave me a lot to think about. Yeah, well, you're welcome. And now, well, I just I want to make sure everybody. Let's tell them what to do. So, okay. you guys listen. You listen to this podcast. Now, what you need to do. Is no matter when in time you're listening to this book, to this podcast, you should go buy Lindsay's book. Um, you can go to her website, lindsayemory.com. Also, this website for this podcast is womenwithbooks.com. If you're, if it's before October 9th, you can pre-order, which is always fun because then, like, on the release date, you're like, zing, the book's magically in my Kindle, or it's mailed to me now, yay! Um, but you should also leave a review and tell her publisher that you want book two because <laughs> the people have spoken. And even though Dreden has uh, royalty, America is a democracy and you can vote. <laughs> so get, get out the vote for book two and also go call your senators and tell them your opinions. Yes. <laughs> not just, not about my book. That might Not my book. <laughs> yeah, sorry. About any opinions you have. <laughs> yeah, don't call your senators on foreign relations. But be like, be like Princess Thea and advocate for yourself and for your country. Oh. Yeah. You're welcome, Lindsay. It's deep, man. Deep, deep. <laughs> That's the interview. Thank you so much to all of my Mer friends for welcoming my friend Lindsay and Marie, the author of The Royal Runaway and the host of the Women with Books podcast. It was super fun to have her on here, and I'm glad we kind of shook things up over here. I know it's long. But there's one more thing to tell you. We are hosting a giveaway. So if you enter the Royal Giveaway, you can win a copy of Lindsay's book, The Royal Runaway, my book, King of the Sea, which has a merman in it, and a couple of other royal goodies. So go to the link in the show notes, enter the Royal Giveaway, and you can win! If you liked what you heard on this show, please consider leaving us a review or telling a friend. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Mermaid Podcast. And as always, you can find us on our website, mermaidpodcast.com, or send us an email and tell us what you think about the show at podcast at cinderly.com. It's the Mermaid Podcast. We've got mermaids on the land and down below. Legs or fins, you will love our show. All the news that makes a splash is on the Mermaid Podcast.